listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos, and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Sports Hangover. Gus Kattengill with you. You can join me over on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven at JD Cleavers. The way to tweet the intern personally. And of course, if you want to tweet the show at ESPN Radio NOLA, if you'd like to give us a call, it's 800 998 one double zero three. It's a new line to get in and involved in the conversation. A fun show lines up for you. And again, kind of a mixture of a lot of different topics and should be fun with our guests that we normally have at times on Thursdays and a few new ones here as well. Coming up at 1215, as you do know, on Thursdays, Mr. Ross Jackson locked on Saints. We will talk with him as we get closer to the Dirty Birds and Black and Gold, you know, on the line, just a playoff spot. That's all. That is all that's on the line. You do need, of course, the Rams to beat the 49ers. And if all that happens, you will face the Ford, uh, the Rams in LA Super Wild Card weekend. But you got to get through this here at first. Now, opened up earlier in the week. New Orleans was a four and a half point favorite as of right now. 1201, Thursday, January 6th, four and a half point favorite. That is where they are. The Saints. Eight and eight on the year. Atlanta seven and nine. I'll play what Sean Payton had to say. His thoughts on the team. Noodle arm. Could this possibly be the final Saints Falcons game with Matt Ryan at quarterback over there in Atlanta? I also kind of want to know. We'll kind of do this today and tomorrow here as well. Are you going? Are you going? I'm assuming that the Mercedes Benz Stadium is going to be. More Saints, it's going to have a good amount of Saints fans. I just want to know if it's overwhelming. Like, will there be a decided black and gold look to the broadcast when we put the game on on Sunday? So if you go and either shoot us a text, I'm going, or feel free to call us and tell us why, where you go. Do you have um a, a, a kind of a game plan? There's a lot of people that make this their trip. It's a short flight. Predominantly, normally they are short, uh, you know, cheap airfares, and there's plenty of places to stay in Atlanta. Lots of people like to go there uh, for games as well. You probably have some people that probably moved there after the storm or probably are still there from this year's storm. I was there two weeks where my sister-in-law lives. So um if you're going, I'd love to hear some of those stories, though. Do you have a, a place to sort of go? I mean, I haven't been there to uh, – I went to a soccer game while we were there during Ida's evacuation, and I was yeah, – there's just a lot of parking lots, I guess, over by there. Do you go by the aquarium? Have you been? I'd love to hear your thoughts as to what you do. Do you normally go? Do you have family there? Do you always make the Saints at the Falcons your road game out of the year? And um, are you going this year to see the Saints go there? You're going to be scoreboard watching. you got that massive ring on the inside of LED scoreboards, I'm sure. I don't know. Do the Falcons say, you know what? We're not going to help you. And they don't post the score up there. You never know. You never know. People could be petty, right? You never know. So I'm interested to know if you go in there or not. But we're going to talk a little bit about that. Plus, 
Several players, obviously, were made available yesterday. So we'll hear from some of those players, including quarterback Taysom Hill, Quan Alexander, Christian Ringo as well, that spoke. Pelicans back in action tonight, taking on Golden State, the Warriors. Um, It's interesting when you look at this game, again, on the outside. First and foremost, the graph is back. Not that we didn't care for Daniel Salerson and everyone else, but he is finally out of health and safety protocols. So we'll talk to him about that, what that was like having to watch some of these games, more importantly, how he's feeling, but he is back. He'll be at the Smoothie King Center. We're going to speak with him at 1.15 because what's remarkable is this, and I was on the show, and again, we have Scott Prather on on Wednesdays from ESPN Lafayette, and I'm on his show on Friday. Sometimes we tape early like we did today. And we were talking about the Pelicans, and, and I brought to his attention what's been, and I don't mean remarkable, but I, I, I think it's an interesting look at where this team sort of is. And I'm going to bring it up with Todd, and I'm also going to bring it up with Andrew Lopez, who's going to come on at 2.30. We'll preview a little bit of that game, but more importantly, have Andrew on, because I kind of I want to talk about the, the statement yesterday, the Zion thing, because I was asked about that, and I've gotten four texts from across the country and other shows that I jump on on. What does it mean? And all this other stuff. And and I gave you my thoughts on it yesterday. And we'll go back into it with Andrew here at 2.30. In short, mine is out of sight, out of mind. I think this team played better. The fan base watched the games more. Our calls and interaction with, with Pelicans fans seemed different when it was out of sight, out of mind. I think it got too much to an extent, right? I mean, pictures of him being somewhere go viral for all the wrong reasons. You have executives tweeting, stop fat shaming. It just, it was a lot. And I think honestly, out of sight, out of mind. Do I like that? Do I agree with that? Do I think that's where we are? That's just where we are, right? Because as I said yesterday, my take on it is simple. Five minutes away from Fred Vincent is five minutes too long. Herb Jones' offense is increasing. Why? Because he's constantly with them. I know th- this individual should be at the facility all the time. But remember, earlier last month, Jake Madison, we had him on the show. Falling asleep in, you know, film session, missing rehab. It just seemed like every other day, every week, it was a negative story. And if that's the case, you know what? See you. And I saw it on Jake Madison's timeline yesterday. There's a photo of Zion. I think he's either the jewelry shop or somewhere on December 30th. So he's not in Portland. But here's my thing, though. It stinks, but this is where we are. It's where we are. No matter what he does, it's going to be looked at differently. Because of everything that's happened. His fault, organization's fault, anyone's fault, no one's fault. No matter what. He could be at the store making groceries, like we like to say here in New Orleans. Just filling his fridge, normal stuff. No matter what it is, someone's going to snap a photo of his basket and we will comment on what's his basket. He literally could be at a drive-thru at Popeye's. I went to Popeye's last weekend. I was craving Popeye's. He could be getting it for his folks or friends after he left the gym working out. You know what's going to happen with that photo, right? So I, I just, look, that is just where we are. Fair? Or not fair. There, I don't think there's anything that he's going to do right now where it's not going to be fodder for social media. And I legitimately think that that's part of this. Hey, go rehab there. Don't, 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 you, you can't sell me hiring Aaron Nelson, making an investment of a million dollars and all this other stuff to your health and training facility and tell me he can't rehab there. That he shouldn't be with a team that's playing really good basketball. That, as I was saying at the start of this rant, remarkably, 
They're on a three-game losing streak. About to face the Warriors. And I dare say people can't wait to watch this game. I dare say that most of our calls, if not 90% or more, of the Pelicans this week on a three-game losing streak have been positive. I don't think I've gotten a call of Fire Willie Green. I haven't gotten a call of Brandon's a bum. I haven't gotten a call of, you know, I actually, I don't remember the last time I've got a David Griffin get rid of him call. That's why it's remarkable because they're playing good basketball. You can see it. It was a two point game with five to play in the fourth against the Suns and then Hall of Famer Chris Paul win Hall of Famer. Basic, simple, beautiful pick and roll plays. Just did what he needed to do. Shows you why he's a Hall of Famer. Shows you why you need that superstar. But no one complains. As a matter of fact, yesterday, people were like, hey, good job, good effort, in a good way. And it's not, don't take my word for it. You want to know the line for tonight? Golden State, number one team in the West. 29-8 and eight on the season. The line is Golden State, two and a half. Phoenix had a bigger margin two nights ago. The Warriors, who can shoot the lights out out of everything. The Pels have lost the last two games to seeds three and two in the Western Conference, the Jazz and the Suns, because just they, 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 they lack consistent three-point shooting, and the other teams, the Jazz and the Suns, just hit threes in those games, man. And it's the difference. It's the Warriors with you-know-who. Steph bleeping Curry. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. He makes one three. It's a three-pointer. That's that's more than the line. And I think that's Vegas's respect. I think they're starting to believe that this team's going to show up and play. I think they're starting to believe they can defend. I think they're starting to believe, you know what? You never know. I, that's a remarkable line to me, honestly. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. I, I don't know. They're on a three-game losing streak. Facing the best three-point shooter probably in NBA history. Broke the record this year. Two-and-a-half-point um, line. Think about that. Think about that. Three-game losing streak. Not in the playoff spot right now. But I would dare say this week. Now, it could change next week. But I want to say this week. I, I feel like the vibe is a positive one. As opposed to... Despair, no shot, sell the franchise, one and nine start sense, right? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And that's why I honestly think yesterday that came out and I was like, okay, fine. Out of sight, out of mind. It is what it is, but that's where we are with him, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Oh, the Warriors are in. Great. Let's talk about this game. I legitimately feel that this morning at the gym. It was immediately, yeah, Zion, huh? Like, yeah. Dude, you think they got a shot to beat the Warriors? Like, immediately it turned to tonight's game. That's remarkable. And I think that is specifically because of the play of guys like Herb Jones, specifically because of the job that Willie Green is doing, and the effort that you're seeing. And I've always said this. Fan bases will support you if it looks like you care, and you try, and and, and you make it a game. If people believe that I can spend good money, it ain't cheap. And I know, Jimmy, you're going to call my tickets. I want some ticket info later today. But my point is this. If you're going to play, can I at least be there in the fourth quarter? 
And in the two losses this week against Western Conference opponents, seeds three and two, the Pels were in the game in the fourth quarter. So congrats to them. We're going to talk to Todd and Andrew a little bit about that here as well. As uh, I said, we're going to talk to Ross Jackson coming up next segment. We'll talk a little bit about some of these players and some of these matchups that either favor or don't favor. The Saints here coming up against the Falcons. Also coming up at 1230, Ben Heisler. Are you still alive for fantasy football? I think it's probably done. Championship game. But he is also a betting expert as well for fans sided. So we'll go through these games. They got some big, big games in the NFL. And also get his take on the national championship game. We kind of haven't forgot about that. Monday, uh, Chip Patterson, CBSSports.com. He's with us throughout the season for college football. I confirmed with him this morning. He will join us on game day on Monday to discuss the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia, the Dogs favorites. It's kind of interesting when you think about it. Also coming up later in the show, you know what? I felt like it's been a while. I, I mentioned his text yesterday to me during the show several times. Um, but Brian, a mile high out west, is going to call us. Yes, Brian Enola East when he lived here, but now he's out west. He lives in Denver. Makes no bones about it. he loving. Uh, some of the aspects in Liberty said Denver. So that's why his new name is Brian's a mile high. Get it out West. So he's going to join us at one We'll touch on some topics there. Ralph Marlboro had a meeting yesterday. That's why he couldn't come on. He's free today. So two fifteen, we'll chat with him. So that's your guest list coming up here on the show. And it will give me an opportunity uh, to let you know, of course, you still got a little bit of time and not much, two, three weeks maybe, if not shorter, trying to nail down a time for sure that the sportsbook and betting apps, mobile betting, will be live in Louisiana. In the meantime, DraftKings wants to remind you to go ahead and download the app and you can have hundreds uh, of dollars ready for you. Literally $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. So 100 bucks will be in your accounts after you sign up. Use the code LaRose and you're off and running. And yes, it's the same place, the same people that do the DraftKings daily fantasy app. And you know that already, right? It's like fantasy football, fantasy anything. You just get your starting lineup. Each player is attached to salary cap. Stay under the salary cap. And then you press play. See how you do against the competition. And they got millions of dollars in prizes. You can be a part of there. So that's a different app, though. This is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go get that. 100 bucks in free bets just for signing up. No deposit required. Please use the code LaRose. When we come back, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, will join us. This is your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Hey, hey, my friends, it's Dana DeFran Frilo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that I and Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. 
Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. Hi, I'm Nichols head football coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan, and so does fighting pests. Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team, Dan and Billy Foster, at Terminex of Homa. They will drop a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. We'll hear from him here in a quick second. As Buddy will try to get a hold of him. First, let me tell you about what Sean Payton thinks about the Atlanta Falcons. And if there's anything different from the last time they played. Well, look, no, I mean, we, we felt like we mixed it up pretty good defensively. You know, we, we, we let one get over our head. Um, I, I think we'll have a good idea that the offense changed, obviously, with, with the coaching staff change. And we felt like, and we still do when you watch it, the, the rhythm and timing of the passing game is a half count to a full count quicker as far as his routes and where he's going with the football. Um, and, and that's just an offensive change. So that's head coach Sean Payton on Wednesday about that difference, perhaps, that you see. 27-25, the final of the first go-around. Ross Jackson covers your New Orleans Saints. Of course, Locked On Saints is the podcast. As always, we appreciate the time on Thursdays when he joins us. Uh, sir, how are you this afternoon? Happy New Year to you. Hey, buddy. Happy New Year to you, too, but always glad to be here with you. Appreciate you, as always. Thank you, as always. At Ross Jackson, Nola is the way to follow you on Twitter. So I've been saying a lot this week, and hard to believe I'm already on day four of this week, and we're getting closer to the game, but I, I, I think I needed to start, and I did, the first segment on Monday with the following statement. It's remarkable that we're entering the final regular week of the regular season, at least, and the Saints have a shot at the playoffs. When you look in totality of everything that this team's had to deal with the year after Brace retires, are you somewhat surprised that the Saints are still in the playoff hunt? Am, am I surprised? Uh, not necessarily surprised that they're in the playoff hunt. I am surprised, however, that they um, that they did it in this fashion, that they did it in this way, right? I think a lot of us still expected this to be a playoff team at the beginning of the season, but we also were kind of expecting 17 games of Alvin Kamara, 17 games of Jameis Winston. I think even to an extent, many of us were expecting 10, 11, nine games of Michael Thomas, right, at the beginning of the year. But we didn't expect, you know, all of that to not be true. We didn't expect to, you know, see this team lose their their, their starting quarterback, you know, halfway through the season, not not even halfway, only seven games into into the season, the seventh game. 
to be displaced for 21 days at the beginning of the season, not be able to start off their home schedule. They end up opening up this season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Coach Payton saying that that sounds like that felt like that took place two years ago. Hard to even believe that that was this season, but it, it truly was. And, you know, it, it was a tough stretch for them here throughout the rest of this year. And that's before even getting into, you know, the, the endless amount of injuries, the fact that they've started 57 different starters, unique starters so far this year. Uh, Jeff Asher over at AHD Analytics doing a really great uh, kind of spot chart in terms of, yeah. you know, teams over the last 10 years that have had how many starters versus their win percentage and the Saints being, you know, far and away the team with the most wins and the only one with 50 or more to, you know, even be above or at uh, 500. Uh, with, actually, sorry, they're, they're one of three um, out of the 10 or 11 teams that have had that happened to over the past 10 years. So it, it's remarkable that they're here. But the expectation was that they would be. It's just what they've navigated to get here is unprecedented. I think one of the things that we've touched on as well, speaking with Ross Jackson, is this, that there is one consistent thing that I can depend on, I think, for the most part weekly, and that's the defensive side of the ball. When you take a look at the job Dennis Allen sort of done this year, is it how much is it what he has done as you look at film and stuff, and how much is it also that you've seen – I think some really good play by some of these guys. I made this statement earlier this week on Monday to Larry. I think it might be arguably Marshawn Lattimore's best year in terms of, I know we can pass defense, but it's the consistency, right? We knew if it was a good receiver, he'd show up. I feel like every week he's making big tackles. I don't see a lot of yards after the catch when he gives up a catch. I see him supporting in the run play. I feel like he's done a lot. This year, as opposed to maybe seasons past, you found Pulse and the Debo. The linebackers have done well. Safeties have played. Like I, I feel like it's a combination of solid coaching, but you've had some really good play, and maybe even some guys step up this year. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I, I give this coaching staff a lot of credit, and obviously, you know, that starts in terms of the conversation around the coaching staff with with Sean Payton. But you can go and you know look to you know Pete Carmichael calling a, a you know a, a game on. A, you know, a, a week's notice, right? A half a week's notice, effectively. Um, Dennis Allen and the job that he's done with this incredible defense that's allowed only 12.3 points per game in games that Taysom Hill is a starter, which is really important because when Taysom Hill is a starter, that's a very, you know, that is a very capable running offense, right? An offense that wants to run the ball with you have, you know, a, a, an offense with Taysom Hill in there, you make a, a opposing defense account for 11 players on the field. And so when you, to, to complement that, you have to have a defense that isn't going to give up a ton of points, that isn't going to allow long drives, all of that. Like that helps you play to your strength. And Dennis Allen has been able to put that together. They've been a fantastic defense over the course of the past season as a whole, but particularly these last four games when it matters, right, as they're trying to fight for their playoff lives here and everything and, you know, pave their way to the playoffs with a little bit of help. They'll need some help from the Rams, but, um, you know, I think, you know, you look at the job that Dennis Allen has done, you look at the job that Chris Richard has done. I mean, he comes in, yes. you know, in his first year as the Saints defensive back as a secondary coach and, and really helps to, there's no drop off in terms of the change of communication, the way that this defense, the way that the secondary is performing. Mm -hmm. Malcolm Jenkins has had a great season. Marcus Williams has had a great season and, and at the right time as he's playing on a franchise tag. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, who you just mentioned. Paulson Adebo, I, I don't think we, we, we take enough time to remember, right? The storyline from the beginning of the season. Yeah. And the storyline at the beginning of the season with Paulson Adebo is that he hadn't played football in nearly two years <laughs> before hitting the field against the reigning MVP and Aaron Rodgers. And now here we are talking about him as, you know, a guy that is continuously making plays. I mean, 
this, the players are, are obviously the ones that go out on the field and have to produce and execute. Sure. But this coaching staff has done a magnificent job this season. Speak with Ross Jackson. I think one of the things that's also remarkable too is you, you really have seen, um, some decisions, I think, for the future to an extent, an aspect of it in, in terms of you, you see what, you know, Marcus Davenport has been able to do. And, and quite honestly, I don't remember the last time I didn't see him on an injury report. I saw him on yesterday's injury right. report yet again. So he's kind of showing you to be able to play through, you know, bumps and bruises throughout the season. But, mm-hmm. you know, Ross, I, look, we're going to get to this once the season comes to an end at some point. But there's no question now, right, that Marcus Davenport is is getting a deal here next year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would be more than I, I would be far from surprised if we if we saw that happen. And you know, look, he's a first round pick, right? So that means that they had the the, the first. Uh, excuse, I'm so sorry, the fifth year option, which they've right. already picked up. So he has a fifth year option going into next season. But remember, with Marshawn Lattimore, for instance, they took his fifth year option, and this was something that you know Kai Harley did that hadn't really been done across the NFL before. And then we watched a bunch of teams across the NFL do it. But he actually restructured the fifth-year option to knock down that hit and then create sort of this, you know, kind of Taysom Hill-like contract, the one right. that everyone talked about with the $140 million in all, you know, the, the void years and things like that, and created that contract that they ended up extending Marshawn Lattimore into. So I, I could see that being a similar pathway for them with Marcus Davenport in terms of knocking his cap hit down on his fifth-year option next season, mm-hmm. freeing up some of that, that space, and either then working on an extension after that point throughout the offseason, much like they did with Marshawn Lattimore, where they actually got into the season, right, before they uh, got him extended. It was after the first game of the year. I, I could see a similar trajectory with, uh, with with Marcus Davenport, but I think he's shown you very, very much that he is somebody that deserves to uh, continue to develop. And I know that New Orleans, who invested in him in the first round, is a team that wants to continue to develop him. So I think the, the interest there should be mutual, and I would not be surprised to see that being something that they work towards a year early. Again, we're gonna delve into this deeper. <laughs> it's just, but it's on my mind since he spoke <laughs> yesterday. Um, and, and I've seen you talk about it because I asked you about him last week because it, it was, I think, a topic on one of your podcasts. It's Pete Werner's star with mm-hmm. his play and the depth that that position Quan was only a one year deal. Now you understood that coming off of an Achilles. What do right. you do if you're the Saints? Because I, I think he's a massive difference maker. That athleticism, that ability, oh. and I love the depth. Like, I, I know Pete was nice and had a really nice rookie season, but am I not re-signing? Now, I don't know what the value is. I don't know what the market is. I just, it's again, we'll figure that out at the end of the year, but that's going to be an interesting decision. Yeah, I think, you know, the market obviously impacts all of it, right? How, how much do other teams look to spend on a guy like Quan and all that? But, you know, look, I think the New Orleans Saints, it, it, let, I'll put myself in the shoes of the decision makers, right? I'm, this is not you know breaking news or anything like that. It shouldn't take anybody by surprise. But if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm trying to run it back in the defense as much as possible next year, right? Bingo. I'm trying to bring back as much of that personnel. And we and yeah, and we know that to be the Saints' mo, right? They love to make sure that. And I think Sean Payton talked about it. Well, I guess he talks about it every offseason, mm-hmm. but he talked about it not too long ago for sure. In terms of. Um, they always like to try to bring the guys in their facility back the next year. We've seen that with guys like PJ Williams and taking the time to resign and, and focus on bringing back, you know, extending guys like Mal- uh, or, or you know, working to to keep guys like Malcolm Brown, who they did end up trading. But you know, they always kind of work to keep the band together, right? That's mm-hmm. always been their thing. And then they fill holes in free agency, and then they go best player available in the draft. And I think you could see them take. I don't see them str- uh, straying away from that this offseason. Yeah, that would make sense, especially since Ross, it's something we'll talk about again 
where the season sort of ends. But I asked this week, I took it out of CBSSports.com, put up an article of what did we <laughs> learn from all of these teams this year? And I said, okay, well, let's ask Saints fans, what did you learn? So before you answer, I'll tell you what I learned. What I learned is I don't think the Saints are that far away, especially if you bring back some of these, you know, most of the defense is going to be back, right? You got to decide what you do with Marcus Williams, PJ Williams, Quan, are my main guys that pop in my head. Other than that, for the most part, your defense is coming back one way, shape, or form. Um, and we haven't seen Peyton Turner, and I like what we saw when we did see him. So that's going to help and add. On offense, I understand what I'm about to say. Can we find who the quarterback is and be competent enough to know where the decisions are? Michael Thomas hopefully comes back. You have a ton of really nice receivers. I like Traylon Burks. <laughs> that you may be able to draft. And they'll address the tight end thing, but again... If you have better receivers, the workload goes off of Alvin. The tight end isn't all of a sudden as important. Dude, they're not that far off from being a contender. Like, I, right. I didn't think I would say that. That's what I've learned this year. That if this man and this staff can be on the verge of the playoffs with what they call offense right now, I, Ross, I, that's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that what I've learned, I, I agree with all of that. I, I think that what I've learned is, is the importance of culture, the, the importance of, of, of building a foundation for a team that wants to be competitive, that wants to win, that has a winning culture. And there's two reasons why I think that that's important. Because first of all, the New Orleans Saints, five-game losing streak, lost their starting quarterback, at one point was playing their fourth quarterback of the season. That is the recipe for a poorly run organization to quit. The New Orleans Saints are not a poorly run organization. And that is something that maybe we all knew, but I think was reaffirmed this season. Because here we are now, as the New Orleans Saints head into their matchup this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, one win away and a little bit of help from being a playoff team off of a five-game losing streak. It's remarkable that the New Orleans Saints are in this situation. Yeah, And part of the reason that they're there is because of culture because of the winning culture that they've developed. The second reason why it's important is because exactly what you said, this team isn't far away. This team now goes into free agency, into courting other players, the potential trade market, and gets to say exactly what you said. Hey, we're not far away, and you're the difference. High-profile free agent, high-profile trade target, whatever it might be. You're the difference. And because of the winning culture, because of the competitive nature, and because of the leadership of this organization, and the veteran leadership across this team, we've watched this team grow up, right? We've watched a lot of this team go from drafted to veteran at this point. A large portion of this team was cultivated in New Orleans. And I think that that helps to create an organizational culture that players want to be a part of. And so them not being far away, as you observed, mm -hmm. isn't something that you feel bad about. It's something that you're excited about because players, people will want to be a part of this organization. All right, 60 seconds or less, sir. And not that I was not looking forward to this game. It's just there's so many different topics I want to get into here, but we're at the bottom of the hour. What is a key matchup to look at for Sunday? Is it guarding Pitts? Is it Patterson? Because he kind of torched them the first go. So what's the key? It's all New Orleans thinks defensive line, Atlanta offensive line, rattle Matt Ryan, nothing else. You know, nothing else can happen. That, that's the big thing for me. It's the trade. There it is. Simple enough. At Ross Jackson, Nola's the way to follow him over on Twitter. Locked on Saints, the podcast Thursdays on the Sports Hangover. Thank you, Ross. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend and the game. You too, bud. Be safe. See you soon. Yep, sure. Ben Heisler next on ESPN New Orleans.
energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Welcome back. We've missed you. We know it's been tough. Because rebuilding your business isn't for the faint of heart. Your business needs a jump start. And we're here to help. Introducing Surge, symmetrical speed fiber internet for Metel business. Revved up data speeds at 30% off, plus three months free. We're glad you're back. And we're here to make your business surge. Etel Business. Offer valid on three-year contract for two or more business services. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received HealthGrade's 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. What's more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by Health Grades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. How can you be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Back Sports Hangover. Is, uh, oh, perhaps games coming in as well over uh, the weekend, including the national championship. Uh, ben Heisler joins us. Sir, how are you today? What's happening, Gus? How you living? I'm doing well. Um, who was, oh, would you say, not who, but were there a, a handful of, say, players that surprised you this year when you look back at the year in fantasy football? Yeah, uh, I think Cooper Cup is probably right at the top of the list, right? Uh, this is somebody that was going sort of in that mid-fourth round or so in fantasy drafts. He was going uh, with some of the, the running backs, like a, like a Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks, which hopefully if, if you ended up with Chris Carson on your team, it didn't end up being a particularly good situation. But, I mean, he's going to be the undisputed, by far and away, number one wide receiver in the NFL, leads the NFL in targets, receptions, touchdowns, receiving yards. I mean, he's going to finish in points per reception leagues with, with you know, going into week 18 with about 413 points. Devontae Adams, who has 11 touchdowns and Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, mm-hmm. is a wide margin away in second at 332.8 points. So we're talking about a difference of 80 points between the number one wide receiver in fantasy yeah and the number two option this year. It's just absolutely remarkable stuff. And he's probably going to be a league winner. It probably was a league winner for many people this year. I I think that, to me, was certainly the biggest surprise. And then I Mm -hmm. I, I think if you're talking about, you know, some disappointments, uh, you certainly go back to to somebody like like Christian McCaffrey, who just was not able to stay healthy over the course of the season. Uh, This is somebody that had been so durable and so reliable for so many years. And the last couple of years, for anybody that had that top overall pick and, and took him right away, uh, their their trust in him was not rewarded. So we'll see you know, what ultimately happens next year. Uh, when healthy, he still remains top five pick, but 
I have to wonder if it's going to be somebody like Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler uh, going in those early rounds, maybe even Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers instead. You know, it's crazy when you think about it. We'll get to Jack here in a quick second. He's got a question for you. They have Alvin Kamara along the same lines as well. Injuries, you never know, right? It can yeah. always impact different things. And you have some guys that just have so somewhat career years. And and then injuries can also affect on the ancillary aspect. Like, like I look at a guy like Lamar Jackson. And, you know, again, does he have the receivers? Do you have those different aspects of it too? Um, being able to have help that's provided, right, is also a big thing. I mean, you look at Kamara, not only with the injuries here as well, but my goodness, Ben, one of the topics we've been talking here is the offensive line. You haven't had, you've had multiple games of no ram check and Armstead at your tackles when you don't have tackles. Good luck. Who's the quarterback? I mean, you know, it's like everyone in the world is trying to stop Kamara. So, Things that happen throughout the season at other positions also affect it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you bring up Kamara. I think part of the reason everybody felt so secure about taking him in the top five is, is look at his receiving numbers over the first four seasons of his career. 81, 81, 81, and then 83. And that was still in a year of quarterback transition last season. Even though Breeze ended up finishing the season, uh, you still had some Taysom Hill starts in there along the way. Winston still got a start in there as well. Um, and then this year, maybe you didn't think he was going to get back to that number, especially in the early portion of the season. Uh, but for him to you know, head into Week 17 with about half of the normal receptions that you're used to seeing from him, only 423 yards receiving, uh, it's crazy. He's still going to finish as the, the running back 10 on the year, most likely. But, uh, yeah, I, I think these are all things that you have to consideration. Uh, the, the health of the offensive line, the, the current status of the quarterback, and how often uh, they're going to the running back spot when it comes to pass catching, stuff like right. that for Kamara. I, it's going to be as fascinating as to what New Orleans does this offseason to try to determine whether or not uh, Kamara's status is going to be, again, in that elite level or if he's going to maybe take a, a substantial seat back. Speak with Ben Heisler at Benny Heiss is the way to follow over on Twitter. Managing editor at BetSided, uh, fantasy and betting expert. We'll talk about some of the big games coming up this weekend here as well. Jack, thank you for giving us a call here on the Sports Hangover. How are you? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Ben, it's been fun all year, man. Um, look, I, I do have a question for you, but I wanted to tell you, and I'm probably not alone in this, that last Najee Harris run, I was down nine in a championship game. And he scored a touchdown with the 40 yards and put me in the winner's circle. You know, when Peyton and Eli were yelling for him to fall down, I was yelling for him to keep going. But, uh, <laughs> look, for, for, next, for next year, um, uh, kind of about what you were just talking about, because Jonathan Taylor really was the only runner back selected in the first two rounds that stayed healthy all year, do you expect there to be a knee-jerk response where people just take more receivers because they're less injury-prone? And if you do believe that, what do you think about that? And really, thank you for the advice all year long. Guys, y'all have a good day. Thank, thank you. you, Jack. Yeah, good question, Jack, and appreciate you making the calls throughout the course of the season. Uh I don't think it'll necessarily be knee-jerk. I think this is usually more of the norm when it comes to running backs. And if you really go through the list as far as who are the best running backs all season, uh, yeah, there were some disappointments along the way, but Jonathan Taylor was a late first-round pick. Joe Mixon was a late first-round pick. Nick Chubb was going in the middle of the late first round. Uh, Najee Harris was a second-round pick, and Dalvin Cook was a top-three pick. Uh, And Derrick Henry was well on his way to being the leading rusher in the NFL this year before he got hurt. He's still going to finish right around the, the top of the list. So um, I, 
I don't think it's necessarily one of those situations where people are going to completely move away from running backs. I think, if anything, it, it goes to show you the value of positional depth, uh, understanding where you can find sleepers, like Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons this year is going to likely finish as the number seven running back. James Conner was a touchdown machine in Arizona. He led the league in, in touchdowns until Jonathan Taylor took his mark. Uh, Connor is second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns this year. So it's all about finding versatility. It's about hitting on some of these late-round sleepers. Leonard Fournette uh, is the top five running back this year before he went on injured reserve. So understanding positional flexibility, uh, having the right handcuffs, um, and, and taking some chances on some high upside guys as well, uh, I think is going to be of critical importance. So you'll want to still lock in your more consistent running backs early on. Uh, but it's the wide receiver spot that I, I think if you can find some depth there, um, you know, like I said, Cooper Cup ended up being the number one wide receiver. Find the guys that are getting a bunch of targets, and those are likely the guys that could pay off for you in the end. Speaking with Ben Heisler over there at Bet Sighted, um, let's get to the national championship game, Ben. And, you know, I, I look at this game coming up. And aside from looking at a guy like Jamison Williams that I would love to see with the Saints here as well, but I, I, I look at this game and I wonder, are we going to see something different than we see in the SEC championship game? How much different can this sort of be? How do you view and handicap this one? It's fascinating because in digging for a bunch of research over the course of the week, uh, the thing that I keep coming back to is Nick Saban's record uh, in rematch games over the course of his college career. He's undefeated in same-season rematches. Uh, the only time he's ever lost was when he was coaching in the NFL. So mm-hmm. that certainly stands out. I, I think about the game in which they put 41 points in the SEC championship game uh, against the historic Georgia defense. And the thing that I keep coming back to is what do the wise guys know and what do the odds makers know? Every indication leading up to this game should tell you that Alabama should be the favorites in this game. They're not. They opened up at minus 2.5. Uh, they're now up to plus three um, at, uh, at several different sports books. Right now, Georgia is that three-point favorite, and Alabama is the team that you'd have to bet and get plus odds on to win the national championship. So if it's telling you that Nick Saban is an underdog, initially you think, okay, well, this is good value for me. But then against everything else that we know and all the different right. historical trends leading up to this game, and the number three seed has never won a national championship. Kirby Smart has been in the same situation before, up against Nick Saban. Um, it, everything tells you that you should take Alabama, except the numbers. And the numbers in these spots don't lie. So I'm leaning Georgia, even mm. though it kind of goes in the face of everything that would indicate that Alabama should win and win comfortably in this game. The oddsmakers and the Sharps know something here, and I think they see that Georgia is ready for, to, to pounce on Bama. The fact they're a little bit beaten up heading into this national championship game. And, and Georgia may have figured out something along the way, knowing that they didn't need to win that SEC championship to remain alive in the college football playoffs. So I'm leaning Georgia, yeah. even though it kind of goes against every other notice and every other trend that I found throughout the course of the last week. My other thing, Ben, too, is I think against other teams, other matchups, even against Cincinnati, the loss of Michi isn't that bad. I mean, it is a loss. And, and I understand that everybody at Bama is just the next, literally is the next first round pick at receiver up. I understand that. But against this defense, those linebackers and, and that D line, m- maybe this is the one where you, you can, I mean, you're, you're facing a defense in the team here that could possibly double, you know, Jamison and, 
and could make his life a little difficult. And that pressure, that line can get there quick enough to disrupt it when you really don't have another option. Does that make sense? Oh, without without question, it makes sense. And, I mean, you've also seen Georgia have some explosive ability on offense, too, and be able to sustain drives. And uh, This Alabama front seven is not the typical front seven that we're used to seeing out of them. So I, I think it'll be an absolutely fascinating matchup. And, uh, again, if, if you're Alabama, you know, Bryce Young is not going to have all day to throw again. He's not going to throw for 420 and three touchdowns, I don't think. I, I'm leaning under in this game as well. The total right now coming in at 52, although the over has hit in six consecutive college football national championship games. So wow. you could also make the argument that, that the over, or excuse me, that the under is due. Um, I, I just think a lot of people are, are looking at the first matchup and thinking that it's going to be, you know, another same type of thing. And, and I, I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to be much closer. And I think Georgia uh, finds a way here. Got to get two takes on you before we let you go. Speak with Ben Heisler. Um, both 325 games might be a little bit of, of interest here in New Orleans. You know where I'm going. 49ers and Rams. Rams four and a half point favorite. What do you see here? I, I like the 49ers to, to win outright in this game. Um, I, I really do. Kyle Shanahan has, uh, had Sean McVay's number over the course of his career. He's won five straight games against Sean McVay and the Rams. Uh, looking at some of the, the numbers against the spread. Um, you know, Shanahan is six and three in head to head matchups, uh, over the course of his career. Kyle Shanahan is an underdog is 24 and 17 against the spread. Uh, and the line already is moving in favor of the 49ers. They're the more desperate team here. Uh, you mentioned that New Orleans is certainly going to have their eyes on that game when they, they, you know, in, in their upcoming matchup on the road against Atlanta. Um, but, but the 49ers are very much live here. And despite the Rams wanting to try and secure that number two seed, it's not of utmost importance for them. I think the Rams are one of those teams that I kind of like more so in the playoffs than I do in the regular season, purely because they can adapt. They can be a hardcore, heavy running team, especially getting Cam Akers back. So if they're going to Green Bay, for example, they can run it with the best of them. They have a very dominant pass rush led by Aaron Donald. Von Miller is starting to come in on his own. Um, and, and their secondary looks really good, too. But for whatever reason, the 49ers are just a confident bunch going up against Sean McVay and the Rams. So I, I like them particularly. They already have a, a dominant win this year. Uh, so I expect them to go ahead and not only cover the four and a half, but also win outright this week. Finally, Ben, we'll wrap up with the Saints and Falcons. New Orleans, a four and a half point favorite here. Also at 325. What do you see? Yeah, you cut out actually for a second, Gus. Give me that game one more uh-huh. time. Saints and Falcons, four and a half point favorite. Yeah, I, I just don't know if there's ever been an opportunity for the Saints to try and, and get the offense going. I would imagine on the road against Atlanta would be the ideal time to make it happen. Um, but we've just seen so much inconsistency over the course of this game all year long. I, I do think the Saints will eventually will, will, will cover the spread. Uh, four and a half seems like a, a decent number. I think they win by a touchdown. Uh, and the Falcons kind of recognizing what they need to do at this point and, and try and get themselves in a better draft position. Uh, it, it'll be a situation where I think the favorites end up doing okay. Uh, Saints will win. I, I think it'll be a close cover uh, and not a lot of points. I'm, I'm expecting this to probably be a you know 17 to 10 type game by the time it's all said and done. At Benny Heist, H-E-I-S is the way to follow Ben Heisler, managing editor for Bet Cited. As always, man, we can find a ton of things over there, national championship, NFL, maybe some little NBA here as well. We're going to talk next week, man, and talk a little playoff. Sound good? 
That sounds fantastic, guys. Have a good week, and uh, good luck to uh, good luck to the Saints out there to try and keep it interesting. For sure, man. Thank you so much. Mr. Ben Heisler has joined us on Thursdays throughout the season. It's the Sports Hangover. We'll be back after this on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. She'll make you take her to the club, but then she leaves with her friends. She likes to stay late at the party because the fun never ends. And all her clothes are on the floor and all your records are scratched. She's like a one-way ticket because she can't come back. Say hey, you want her, but she's so holidays from Greg LeBlanc Toyota. It's a festive time of year and you can celebrate with fresh new inventory arriving daily. There's great holiday deals at Greg LeBlanc. Amazing stocking stuffers like keys to the all new redesigned 2022 Tundra. It may be cold outside but these holiday deals are red hot and won't last long. Greg LeBlanc Toyota, South Hollywood Road in Homa or online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Santa may have the sleigh but Greg's got the holiday deals. Shop now. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like Want home. more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card. ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, as always, we appreciate the time given to us by our intern, who's such a nice guy. You just, you really honestly are puppy caring today while you're working as well, what's the name of the pup, by the way? Rudy. Rudy. Really? Rudy, like the movie. Yeah. Is uh is the owners are the owners Notre Dame fans? Is that where he came up with Rudy? No, I don't know why why it was Rudy. <laughs> Definitely not Notre Dame fan. LSU fans, if anything. Really? Okay. Uh, how old is not the puppy? Um, he's probably like. Seven months, five months. Okay. And you're doing the job, I'm assuming, because your sister's honeymooning. Is that what we're doing? Yes, he's on our honeymoon. Well, that's very nice of you to be able to do that. I'm actually, I've been watching the house as well. Wow. House sitting and puppy sitting, huh? Yeah. See, I I like to say I got you. I gave you your start in two areas then, right? I've given you your start here. And then you puppy sat for McQueen, didn't you? Or Einstein. It was Einstein. Einstein. Yes, yes. Well, then you dog sat for him. (laughs) Yes, there you go. You see? 
Who would have known that I've been able to help you that many ways? You got some questions of the day for us today, and we can get into a couple of topics here. Yeah, we have two questions today. Top storyline heading into Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. We usually do that on Wednesday, but we had a lot of things happening the other day, so I decided just to move that over to Thursday. And then something that you brought up earlier in the show, Gus, Mm. about heading over to ATL to watch the Saints. Yeah. Who's going? Give us uh, your take on what you want to see in the game, what you got planned for being behind enemy lines. You could comment at ESPN Radio NOLA over on Twitter or call in 800-998-1003. So um, do you think, I mean, you have an uncle that lives in Atlanta as well. Do you think it's going to be an overwhelmingly black and gold crowd on Sunday, playoffs on the line? He he probably is going to be going, so I'm going to have to ask him what – the crowd looks like when he's over there but usually there's a lot of um, people that go to his restaurant that come from new orleans that it's basically a new orleans based restaurant in atlanta so um, if you want to go there just you know uh, not a a shameless plug over to uh, (laughs) dixie q (laughs) shameless plug Uh uh-huh but no i think this should be like i saw a couple pictures of the like basically mardi gras stand like the, the little ladders being put up around Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So looks like it's going to be a packed house full of black and gold. Okay, that's easy enough, I guess, when you look at it. Um, since we last chatted here as well, i got to say one of probably the biggest storyline in the NFL, other than obviously the games coming up and stuff, has to be the fact that Antonio Brown yesterday released a statement uh, through his attorney detailing, I guess, his side of what happened over there in the game against the Jets. Bruce Arians has just spoken as well, giving essentially his side uh, again or trying to clarify what what it was. Um, this is what Bruce had to say uh, literally about, what, 15 minutes ago, Max Jordan? Yeah. Let, let's see. Obviously, we let Antonio go today um, just to clear you up on some things that happened. At no point in time during that game did – he ever asked a trainer or a doctor about his ankle. He never went through. That's the normal protocol. You go through protocols during games. I was never notified of it. So, obviously, that was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right, we always had uh, – he was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. Um, I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the that's the that's the end of it. And uh, we are work, we are working on Carolina. That's the end of the story. And um, hopefully it ends today. <laughs> there you go. There you go. As uh, as explained as I guess as explained that it can be Jordan there at Coach Bruce Arian saying that he was upset at halftime not getting the targets. He called for his personnel grouping that he's winning. He's been in the entire game. He didn't go in. Wave the coach off. Then coach Arians approaches him and he says, I ain't playing. 
And I, I don't think I've ever heard a coach. Now, we've all verbalized that probably as fans, you know, when something about him. But literally, Bruce Arians just said, get the F out of here. You're done. Because <laughs> he wasn't getting enough uh, enough looks. And he had like five receptions at the half. Look, like I said, I, here's the problem. When I say problem, I mean this, because his statement that was released yesterday claims it's an injury and ankle-related issue, that the Bucks purposely chose junior doctors, ignored. He said he couldn't play through the pain. You know, he used certain wording and things of that nature that 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 made it seem like it, it's going in a certain direction here and and basically saying the Bucks are to cover up and all this other stuff. So you have two completely distinct stories here. Yes. Right? Because if there is an injury, then yes, that that's a concern. Here's the problem that I have in, in, in which side I want to take. There's history. Right? So mm-hmm. history does matter. I'm not saying that you disregard it in certain instances, but there is history with the player that 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 it, that makes me at the very least to be fair I I'm going I'm going to need further proof than I normally would right like if Jordan you come to me and say dude I don't feel well today I'm sick I need to go into the health and safety protocols I'm going to say no problem my friend hit me up when you feel better right I would right yeah. if I then saw you multiple times oh I don't know on Instagram live you know, over at the lakefront right now or on a boat, you know, with a beverage in your hand at one fifteen in the afternoon, <laughs> then I probably would be like, are you sure you're sick? I may then require, hey, can I have a doctor's note? You understand what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. there's history that would then make me be like, okay, I'm going to need some proof here. Now, Antonio Brown can, can release texts, which apparently is. He's saying, look, that these are the, the thing, the imaging of the x-rays and all that. Here's the thing. No one's saying that that's the case, but I I just feel, and, and I think it was important that Bruce Arians says that because I was listening to a national show this morning, and, and there had been some grumblings and rumblings that certain players in the Bucks locker room that did respect Antonio Brown because there are some reports out there that maybe some language could have been used aside from just get the F out of here that could turn this into a completely different conversation. Right. Um, they wanted Coach Arians to explain publicly what happened. And I think that's why in a minute 29, Bruce Arians just did. He went into detail as to the halftime conversation. Well, I didn't the take on so the long field. Well, well, because again, I think a lot of that's internal. But I think the reason Bruce Arians came out today and went through his deep, because now it's on record, right? I mean, he, he verbalized, this is what happened. Upset, locker room, dealt with it. And he said, players dealt with it. And then he also said, get the, you know, get up, get out of here. So, um, but I, I do, I did hear that the players, there were some players that were like, okay, well, coach, tell us exactly what happened. Cause they're playing. They're not listening to the conversation. So there it is. I mean, Bruce Arians just said it. What, what happened and how he saw it. And how he dealt with it. So, 
Um, because it was a larger issue, Jordan, that, that, because that has become a topic last night and this morning. How many times do are, are players being forced to play through injury? Was it unfair to do those different things? And, you know, that's where we are with the Bucks heading into Super Wild Card Weekend. Hey, man.